1: Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're back. We're black. We're brown ambition. Mandy's back. Woo-hoo. Hey, hey, hey. It's me, Tiffany, the Bajanista, and I'm welcoming Mandy
0: back. I hope you missed us. Did <laughs> you?
1: <laughs> I missed it up because you've been on vacation.
0: Thank you. I was like, oh, it's a whole new show. She worked on a new <laughs> intro when I was gone. <laughs> I was only gone for a few weeks. No, how was vacay? It was everything I needed and too much more. <laughs> <I> <laughs> as saw in, eat. saw what? All the eats. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want that. Ooh, Ooh I want to eat that too. Baby really liked the food in Portugal. Baby, let me have all the seafood I wanted. <laughs> um, I was very, I was like a like happy as a clam. No pun intended. Uh. <laughs> Just love seafood. Yeah, it was great. And when I say like too much, we realize now that we have our, our baby at home, our first baby, Molly, mm-hmm. um, it's really hard to be gone for two for more than two weeks. Like we were – toward the end, we were like, we're still here. We need to go home. Oh, who took care of Molly? A couple of my friends um, uh, split up the dog sitting duty. So shout out to them for helping out. But um, it was – yeah, we missed her so much. And um, I mean luckily I planned the trip in such a way that we started off in a relaxing location did all the crazy cities in the middle and then um ended on a rela- in a relaxing location and then we got back a couple of days before the work week started so we had time to like do laundry yeah. unpack i had um i was very proud of myself cuz we took a cab ride from the airport and it's a long ride and i was like let me order let me make sure that i order delivery groceries like get groceries delivered to our doorstep so that they arrive before, like, right around the same time that we do. When I got home, I had groceries on the doorstep. I had Seamless delivered dinner. <laughs> yeah, was like, smart. It, expensive, but also I'm just like, I have no brain power. I need, and it really helped us, like, ease into the transition of being back home. No grocery shopping. I had a cleaning lady come the next day to, like, to clean the house. I should have had someone come to do laundry because, like, <laughs> she, they were cleaning and I was doing laundry all day. But, uh, no, it's good to be back.
1: Oh, that's good. It looks beautiful. So you were in Portugal, but where else
0: did you go? We just stayed in Portugal. We did four cities, um, and we started on this island called São Miguel, which is um, in the this chain of islands called the Azores. Which I hadn't really heard of. They're becoming more popular now. They're calling them like the Hawaii of the Atlantic and whatnot, Mm. Um, which I've never been to Hawaii, but they're very different. I mean, they're just in the sense that they have similar like geography. They were formed by volcanoes. So there's like really beautiful volcanic lakes and hot springs and uh, thermal springs and um, just vistas on vistas. I mean, every place we went, it was just another gorgeous scene. Mm. And then we went to the capital, Lisbon, and then to Porto, and then to um, like a little wine, like a little um, bed and breakfast in the wine valley. It was lovely. Yeah, it looked awesome via Instagram. I'm
1: like, wow, it was just beautiful. What made you choose Portugal over like all the places to go?
0: I don't remember. I think I was trying to combine somewhere that we hadn't been before with somewhere that I felt was going to be really interesting, historical, beautiful, but not wear us down. Like it wasn't going to be the kind of place where we were going to be running all over the place and really exhausted. Like it had – we could take some scenic, you know, some scenic relaxing kind of time and not feel pressure to see everything, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just decided – and when I decided, I was just like, "And we're doing it." <laughs> yeah, um, I'm glad you did. Well, we missed you. Hey, I missed, yeah, I missed being back. But I, I kept, we kept reminding ourselves like, "This is our last chance. This is like, this is a baby right. moon. We need to like enjoy this. <laughs> we're never gonna, um, you know, taking two weeks away from home. Like to, considering how hard it was to be away from Molly, our dog, who is not a human at all, <laughs> except in my heart. Um, I can't imagine like taking so much time away." And having, you know, a baby at home. So I'm glad that we did it.
1: Glad yeah, we did I, it. But honestly, there's a lot of people like I know my friend, Rihanna, her daughter has been to like more countries than most countries than most adults. Like she travels with her. You know, her and yes. her husband. Yeah. And but it's they, never honestly, the
0: had same a... when you have a baby with you. It's different. We yeah. saw, there were families, we saw the families with kids and like families with um, babies and with adolescents, you know, dads with the baby strapped to their back, you know, huffing and puffing up the hills like we were. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> respect, respect. So right. <laughs> Trigger recession warning. Did you see that? Did you hear that? What's, I, I've seen all the headlines about, you know, the pending recession, but what's a trigger recession warning?
1: Well apparently um, so there is you know so there are bonds everyone's aware well if you're not aware like you know when people talk about stocks and bonds um bonds are a vehicle with which people um invest um the government typically sells them to individuals to raise money for public ventures right Mandy like roads and all that kind of stuff
0: Yeah that's one treasury bonds are like yeah. the most common form of bonds that are out there and uh, they're seen as more a safe and stable investment yeah. than stocks.
1: Exactly. So typically the longer, like, so when you, when you uh, purchase a bond, you basically purchase it at discount and then you can turn it in for the full rate. So like just say you purchase a bond for $10 and then it matures in five years and then you get back 15. So typically the longer um, the government, the longer the period of time before the bond matures, the higher the interest rate that you earn. And what they found was, um, so the 10-year bond, um, the yield on the 10-year bond was actually lower than the yield on a two-year bond, which, you know, um, realistically doesn't make sense because why would you yield less on on a bond where you're they're holding your money longer? And they said the last time this happened was in 2005, um, two years before the recession started to really kick off. And so I don't mean, it doesn't mean that a recession's happening in a year or two, but I mean, that was like the headline everywhere. And I just remember reading everywhere. People were like messaging me and texting me like, what does this mean? People, tenured- are,
0: people are Googling, what's a bond? <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Or like, why? you know, why? I mean, because I mean, honestly, a, a 10 year, the yield on a 10 year bond should, should not be um, lower than the yield on a two year bond because it just doesn't make sense like that's the reason why people put their money in bonds that um for longer periods of time because the benefit is you get more money back. So if that's not so, it's like well, why why would anybody invest their money long term? Anyway, so it's supposed to be a pre-recession trigger warning that happened in 2005, but there were a lot of things that happened the last um major recession that are not necessarily happening now like were you know, people are not lending um folks like literally there were like waitresses who were getting with who are making, I don't know, $15 an hour, who were who are being approved for mortgages for $300,000 houses. That's not happening now. So we're not in the same situation because it wasn't it wasn't just that warning that triggered the last recession. Really, the last recession was triggered because the housing bubble burst. And I don't think we're in that same position again. But so regardless of a recession is happening in a year or two or three or four, I mean, no one knows really, but what are some things that you can do now? So I just wanted to kind of talk about that. Like, hmm, not that you can completely recession proof your life, but did we learn anything from the last recession? And what are some things that you should and could be doing um, to to put yourself in a position where if a recession does happen, it's not as detrimental to to you as it was um During the last recession because the last recession was whoo it was a doozy for me um so i'm just curious like you know what did you learn during the last recession and do you feel not recession proof but at least recession smarter
0: yeah so i mean i feel like people have been predicting the next recession for the last few years because I mean, historically, what goes up must come down, right? So we've been on this, like, upward trajectory, you know, crazy growth in the U.S. for so long. Um, people are just waiting for the other foot to drop, which it will it will eventually happen. Yes. But you're right. I mean, and not to freak people out. Like, if you, you know, really do, you know, go out there and read, you know, some articles and, and get educated. Because if you really read what, what economists are saying is it's not going to be on the scale of the 2008 yeah. housing crisis. I mean, we, there are, you know, there are... Um, you know safety measures or safety like regulations in place that have really changed um, that have really changed things and made it you know made, made it less likely that we'll have a recession in the same way but it could be like a, a more mild recession than what we saw before which mm-hmm. is normal and so I guess for me being a millennial who um, I read an article today that said millennials are having PTSD from their recession days with all this talk about the recession. Mm. What I remember is, cause you know, I lost my job. I I moved to New York. I got a job and I lost it like two months later. Um, I had a hard time finding another job. I came in, finally took a job that I was wildly underpaid, um, but I took it anyway, and I, it took me probably the next five to seven years to job hop and skip around to the point where I had caught up with where I really should have been salary-wise. And I do attribute that to the recession. Um, how I feel about this pending recession is – one cuz i work in a lot like a lot of people you work for companies and one of the one of the reasons that people are looking at and pointing to okay recession is coming is that if you if you look at the number of companies and who are publishing their You know, their earnings reports every quarter. They have to talk to shareholders and they have to say what their company outlooks are like. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are being more conservative or speaking more conservatively about the labor market. So, like, speaking more conservatively about their plans to hire um, through the end of this year. And because of that, like, there's been concern about, okay, well, if companies are slowing down hiring, like... What does that mean? What does that mean for employers? And there's, like, another sign where... More, there's been an uptick in the number of companies filing bankruptcy and having layoffs as a result. Um, And I think if you're someone who works for a, um, you know, you work for, you know, any employer, whether they're private or public, you are a little, you are at risk. You're at the mercy of your company's own success. And Mm -hmm. if they decide to, um, whether it's layoffs or they start to tighten up their hiring um, their hiring plans for the year. If you're someone in the past couple of years who has felt like, woo, I can skip around and pick any job I want because the market is so amazing. And there's so many jobs, which is how it's been in a lot of industries. Um, even including mine, like there's been so many jobs that may, that may slow down. So, um, it may become like less of a, I don't know like a, a an employee's market to like shop around for the the perfect job and get negotiate the crazy high salaries because all these companies are like competing to get the best talent that may slow down a little bit yeah um I would say like I don't think you should jump- i mean i'm personally i'm not a financial advisor or an investment advisor, I personally am not getting out of the market mm-hmm. um i'm thirty two years old i have a few decades ahead of me. If there's a recession and my reinvestments um, in my 401k, for example, take a dive for a little bit, I'm, based on what happened in the last recession, pretty confident that they'll bounce back. Um, In fact, all the investing I did when I was 22, 23, 24, in those really lean recession years, like that's what I talk about when I say how my money is working for me now that I invested like 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. um, because it was the bottom of the market and it's just grown so much. I'm not leaving the market, but what I will say is, start shoring up your emergency fund. Start shoring up yeah. your, you know, well, what if the what if I get laid off fund? Just have that money set aside so you have peace of mind because it's not entirely in your control, you know, your company's, um, your company's health. Uh, I mean, again.
1: I would also just suggest too to just manage your debt a little bit better. Yes, um, yes, definitely. Having a lot of debt during a recession is really because here's the thing everybody wants their money during the recession. Ask me how I know. They were all calling me. Um, Also, I feel like it's a little bit tighter for um, financial companies. Like if you've got student loan debt, if you've got credit card debt, I'm not suggesting throwing all that you've got toward um, your debt. But if you're not, if you don't kind of have like this active debt plan in place, I would. Um, And just being a little bit more proactive of like, you know what, I'm actually not going to to finance that chair I really wanted, I might save for it and buy it. So I I wouldn't enter into new debt um, unless it's absolutely necessary. And I definitely would have an automated plan in place where I'm like, okay, my debt is being paid down because the lower your debt can be during the recession, the better. Honestly, during the recession too, cash is queen. So, I mean, that's when things go on sale, quite honestly. Like you'll be, I know for me, one of the things I'm I'm keeping an eye out um, is one thing my husband and I want to do is we really really would love to buy because he, he does uh, property management now for the city where we live, and we would really love to buy um, a smallish apartment building or complex. And so if a recession does hit and, and um, housing prices drop somewhat, or people just don't are not going to have the income or the funds to be able to purchase large um, pieces of real estate like that, I, I want to make sure that we can take advantage of that. You know, so that's something that I'm keeping in mind of not being completely liquid meaning completely cash, but keeping that in mind, like stocking away money that I can I can take advantage of a deal more quickly than having um um not having money as liquid and, and as as I guess as readily available. So I'm I'm balancing what that looks like. Um I'm also leaning into my financial planner. So I I, I finally hired one, Angelie. We actually have our second meeting with her, I think tomorrow, the day after tomorrow. Um, right now we're in like the collection phase of she wanted everything from my husband's um, benefit employee handbook to I had to link all of our accounts to whatever that back end office is. Um, we So just even leaning into her and this one of the, one of the homework she just emailed me today. Um, and Angelie, I'm gonna do it girl is she really wants to understand what our goals are. Um, and like not just my goals and not just his goals, but like, our goals individually and collectively. So that way she can really advise us on, okay, based upon this, then you need to be more liquid than maybe I would normally suggest. Or based upon this, Tiffany, you really don't have enough money in your retirement account. So I definitely would lean into professional um, guidance more so now than ever, especially if you're worried about um, you're not being prepared um, during a recession. So yeah, but I wouldn't freak out. I would go, go about life as per per usual, but go about life per usual, but be responsible, save a little more, pay down um, your debt. Think to yourself, if things do do go on sale, what would I want to purchase that could really set me up for wealth later, and um, and and make sure that you are a dope and hireable employee. Is your is your resume tight? Does it look good? Do you have your 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 people who you can reach out to who can give you references because if your job does downsize, are you are you easily able to be hired someplace else because your your resume just looks that good and you've got like I said really great references. So those are some things that I would just um suggest. But yeah, they've been talking about recession is coming, recession is coming, recession is coming. They just like wanna
0: that. be the ones who say it at the right moment.
1: Yes. <laughs> they do. I told y'all. all <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's always good to like, you know, these are these are like, you know, Yahoo Finance is a great place to to read um, Investopedia, um, CNBC. These are just like even um, oh who who is it Robinhood? So I use Robinhood. You you use Robinhood, right? Right, Mandy?
0: Yeah, I signed up for their snacks newsletter yes, after you recommended it. I did it. that,
1: and I say I like it because yeah. if so, if you don't, if you're like, all this seems like mumbo jumbo, you know, whatever, inside out. um, Robinhood is like an app that Mandy and I both use to like kind of buy stocks here and there, but it's it's not the place where I put my my retirement money. But what I do like about Robinhood um is that you can sign up for their email um newsletter, which they call Robinhood Snacks, where they kind of break down these big meaty topics into like easily digestible snacks. So you can what I love is that you could literally read like a line or two or you could dive deeper and eat the whole meal. So I would just suggest that because I enjoy them. I, I read them regularly. And if I feel like diving deep, I will. And sometimes I'm like, eh, I'm not really that interested. But um, I, I try to I think you can get them as as, as frequent as daily. But at least I would sign up for some weekly stat- Robin Hood snacks.
0: Yeah, and just be informed. And but but the thing that Tiff said, the key for me, and you know what really hurt people in the recession, including myself. Like I I always make the joke that when I got my first job, I bought a mattress and an iPhone. I had no money in the bank. I had no savings. I had credit card debt, and I got I lost my job, and I was like on my butt, and I was desperate. Had to file for unemployment benefits. So I said never again. And what I mean Mm -hmm. is like making sure that I don't have a ton of debt or at least debt that is um, unmanageable for me and that I have liquid assets like cash in the bank that I can tap um, to give myself a cushion and – I'm so excited because I was going to do it for my boost but I'll just say it now but we finally we took out like last this time or I don't know like the fall of last year we took out a 0% APR credit card um to finance some of the like the finishing touches for the house mm-hmm. um because it made all the sense in the world and I thought oh I don't want to tie up my cash if I don't have to and blah 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 um and I realized I just personally don't have because I think because of what I went through during the recession I have lost my tolerance for any debt, 0% yeah. or otherwise. And yep. I thought we finally paid it off um, this past week. So I am like so freaking excited. Like debt is gone. I'm debt free again. Um, awesome. And life is good once again. And, and to me, debt free savings in the bank. Um, a mortgage payment that we can comfortably afford if one of us loses our job. Like those, you know, no car payment. We don't have a car payment. That, to me, makes me feel very secure Mm -hmm. if the worst were to happen. I mean, of course, eventually we'd run out of money. We're not, like, incredibly wealthy people. Um, But we at least will not be immediately, like, going insane, you know, and and feeling really vulnerable. And that I'm not going to lie. I feel like I, I can't take my house. I know. I'm (laughs) jealous of that because they can't take my house.
1: (laughs) No, but honestly, we, I mean, looking back on that, it probably was, it was definitely the best emotional choice for us. I mean, we probably could have made, well, I mean, we had to buy the house cash because the the bank wouldn't allow otherwise. But I mean, looking back on it now, I'm I'm sure we could have made a more savvy financial choice, but I feel good knowing because my house was taken before and I'm like, never again. The yeah. North remembers, you know,
0: um, <laughs> it's the emotions so, of it, which you, which matters too. There's yes. ju- just because something is logical, you have to also factor in what helps you sleep at night.
1: Yes. And I, I honestly, I sleep like knowing that I don't have to worry about that. Like if anything happens, you know, we can afford the the taxes on this house yearly.
0: You know, yeah. so yeah. I'm, so. I'm gonna come live with you. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: have room. Come on in, you and baby.
0: <laughs> yes. No, but um as much as you can like recession proof, don't get you know, it's not about investing in the market and picking the right stocks right now, they're gonna survive. Like that's not how I look at it. It's it's saving and paying off your debt, living beneath your means now. So if something if you had to get knocked down a peg or two, it wouldn't destroy, you know, everything and um, take the headlines with a grain of salt. Listen, I'm in journalism. We got to make money somehow, y'all. And with them clicks. So the clickier, the headline, the more money we make. Um, so everyone's scrambling to write about, you know, the next big recession, but mm-hmm. when I give it a week. It'll quiet down. And yeah, then something else, right. So they latch onto some other thing when they say millennials have yes. killed the,
1: the, the cotton swab industry.
0: <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> Did we do that?
1: No, I don't. I'm just like, cause you know, they tell you, they always say millennials that y'all are always killing every industry. They don't buy napkins. Millennials don't buy pantyhose. Stop they don't it. buy lip gloss. <laughs> and I'm
0: like
1: Okay. So I just think that's hilarious. So yeah. So I just wanted to bring that up because I'm just like, you know, with the, with the, with the chat and, and you might have seen it. So I just wanted to make sure that Mandy and I addressed it. To take our questions I know we had a really great question today and I'm excited about it so we could dive deep into it question if you have questions you can always hit us up we love them we love them we love them sometimes you send them to us via um,
0: Instagram and our Instagram is Mandy will tell you at brown ambition podcast <laughs> on the gram I was wondering when you were going to kick it to me
1: <laughs> our email is
0: brown ambition podcast at gmail.com
1: Dot com. And you can always hit us at brandambitionpodcast.com and um and just click ask us anything questions, Mandra?
0: Yeah, so we had a couple of really good questions today, um, not related to the recession. But if you guys do have questions, you know about recessions or you know investing, you know maybe we should get. Um, uh, do another investing episode specific to like recession proofing because that's such a Ooh, yeah. buzzy maybe word we can interview,
1: maybe we can interview my new Angelique. she's the dopest her and Helen are cool so maybe we can interview my um my financial advisor yeah
0: free advice from Tiffany's financial advisor who doesn't love that
1: um
0: <laughs> Cool. Let's start off with a question from listener Myra. This is a doozy. Um, So I'm going to try and – but ultimately, it's about whether or not Myra should use a lump sum settlement she got after a car accident to pay off um, her student loan debt. So I'll just do a quick recap. So Myra says, I was in a car accident in 2010. Um, In 2015, I was paid out a settlement of $129,000. I finished up grad school and had federal student loan debt, but it never really occurred to me to use that money to pay off that debt. Cut to now, since graduate school, my student loans with interest have ballooned to up to $95,000, although in the last years I've taken on side gigs and I've managed to bring them down to $78,000, and I'm just now, because of all this interest, just now barely getting close to putting money um, toward the principal loan balance." I'm knocking down the student loan slowly, but it's really frustrating to see that interest is hurting the speed of my progress. Right now, my loans have interest rates of 6.5% to 7.5%, so I'm paying almost $500 a month on interest. But for all the last few years, I've had this settlement money that I've left in my checking account without knowing what to do with it, and I've been missing out on gaining any interest. Recently, I did learn about money market accounts and moved it into an account that earns 2% EPY. I don't have any investment accounts, um, and I only recently started to be more aggressive with my 401K. So her question is, should I pay off my student loans in one lump sum and move on with the settlement money or slowly pay them them out over the next few years and invest some of the settlement money somehow? Is this... I can Go keep ahead. going. <laughs> and is the next step a financial advisor or should I wait until my loans are paid off? Thank you for your help. Good, amazing, lovely question. <laughs> well, first, Chris, quick, quick question. Um, she said her student loans are federal student loans, correct? She says federal student loans. So her balance okay. is around $78,000 and they're at six and a half to seven and a half percent interest right now.
1: All right. So, first off the bat, when I, cause I know you sent this question to me, before. So I just wanted to make sure because I remember doing this, but I was like, do they still do this? So because you have that spread in their federal student loans, I would consolidate them at the lower interest rate if you're able. Um, And you can do that. You want to make sure though, you're consolidating them um, via direct consolidation loan. Like this is something that the federal government will, will work with you to do because you don't want to refinance them out of federal student loan status. So there are companies like SoFi, which is a great um, company, but um, they would make your, if you refinance it with like a SoFi, it would then be a private student loan. And then you lose some of the protection that you get under federal student loans, which is like deferment, forbearance, even forgiveness, even, even you're able to, well, one, you, it, it takes much longer to default on a federal student loan than a than a private loan. Two if you're sick, you 're sick you've lost your job, there are things that are in place to protect you against um, protect you if you 're not able to afford your student loan. so I would see if I can get my interest rate um consolidate my student loans to get my interest rate to the lower the lower federal loan um, interest rate that that you're being offered so I would start there to see if one, can you lower your monthly like interest rate payment of five hundred dollars even to like, you know, four or three by, by consolidating. So that's what I would do first things first. And I, I wouldn't put the lump sum toward it's so tempting to do that because me and Mandy are so debt adverse. So you know, my hand is itching to be like, girl, suck that student loan down with all that money. But quite honestly, it's just not the wise um choice. Because one, your interest rates are pretty low as far as federal student loans go. I mean I know people who have interest rates nine percent or more, um, but and you can earn that. Meaning that it would behoove you to to put that money to work. I know you don't know how, but you can certainly hire someone to help. Um, it would behoove you to put that money to work because you're likely going to earn more having that money be earning money because it's invested than the six percent or seven percent that your that your student loan is losing you. So you're likely to earn, I mean, I think, I can't remember what my last earning were. I, I was just looking at my um, my um, retirement account. I think it was like up 12%. And I think even the market is up 12%. I have to look. But meaning that if I earn 12%, but my student loan is costing me 6%, I'm still up six because I'm up six, but the student loan brought me down six, but still, you know, there is a 6% difference. So I'm still earning. Like if your student loans were like, like a credit card and it's like 30% then I'm like focused on paying off that credit card because it's your your what you owe to the credit card is super expensive right now. Your student loans are not super expensive and you can certainly out earn them with the interest from, from putting money aside for retirement or growing wealth. So that's just like the second thing that I, you know, I I probably would, I don't know if she has, it doesn't sound like she kind of has a debt. Well, it does sound like you have like a debt pay down plan in place. Um, so I would continue that. I think one of the things, the mistakes that we make, because I know I've made this mistake, is that I make debt free the focus versus learning and earning. Um, and if you learn and earn, it, it kind of leads to debt free. So I like I just paid off my student loan debt. I owed fifty thousand or fifty-two thousand, something like that. And I remember at one point I was aggressively paying it down more so than investing in my business, the Budgetista, and investing in learning. And so when I finally said, OK, enough, Tiffany, you are focusing so much energy on getting debt free, but you're not growing m- wealth in any sort of way. So instead, I, I made my, my regular payments to my student loan debt, acknowledged that they probably aren't going to go away anytime soon, put the energy toward learning and earning. And then at, at a point, it took probably about five years when I finally made that decision that I was able to actually pay off my student loan debt in one lump sum because I had earned so much via the budget Nista that I had more than enough in savings to be able to, to, to do so. And so that's what I want, would like for the focus to be. The focus, to me, I know the focus was, should I pay off my student loan debt? To me, the focus should be, what should I do with this tremendous amount of money that I have, which I'm proud of you for still having? You know, what should I do with this tremendous amount of money? How do I grow this money? Because you can outpace what the student loan that is, is creeping up to like, how do I grow this money to a, to a, a space and a place where I can um, effectively handle this student loan debt and still have money left over. That is the goal. How do you eventually pay down debt and still have money left over
0: that continues to grow? Hmm. I'm listening to you and I'm like, I felt, I felt differently about her question. Um, okay. I felt I had a different reaction. Um, I think that I definitely agree. I, Uh, on the point that it may not make the most sense to immediately eliminate her student loan debt and take the lion's share of her settlement money with it. So she's got 78K left. That would leave her with only like 50K um, of her initial settlement, which is not chump change and it's still a a sizable um, amount to even start investing with. Um, But at the same time I I, I, I agree and I also like – in my mind, and this is my personal um, Mandy as a person with, and I told you earlier, I've, you know, I've got, um, I'm, I'm, I'm averse uh, to debt emotionally. I have a hard time sleeping at night if I have it. Um, And um, you'll have to sort of ask yourself too, like what, what makes the most financial sense? And then what can I, what really helps me sleep at night? And for me with her interest rates, so six and a half percent, seven and a half percent, typically when people talk about you know, expected returns you could get if you invested in the market. It's it's based on um, historical returns and you hear you see the number seven or eight percent thrown around as like a conservative um, estimate of how much you could stand to gain if you invested in the market. Yes, in the past few years, like especially you know, and I agree with my investments, I have been earning like double digits, you know, twice that much even, you know, sometimes 15, 16, 17% um, annually. But that can change, and you can't always guarantee that you will earn, um, you know, double-digit interest rates. And we are sitting here just a minute ago talking about the recession. Um, and it could be in the next year that the market, and especially the last, this past few weeks, it seems like the market has really been um, on a downturn. And it, I, I, you know, I haven't, I don't check my 401k every day, but I guarantee you because I'm like 90% in the market that my investments have gone down. Um, in the last few weeks. So I like I I only, I'm like a little bit, I feel more cautious when it comes to saying, well, if you, you know, invest in the market, you'll definitely earn more than you would, like you would earn more in the market than you would save by paying down your student loan debt, because the rate, six and a half, seven and a half percent is so close to what I typically hear as like a, you know, an average or um, typical expected return in your investment. So for me, they're kind of like, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it's net-net around the same. Um, But another thing that I'm thinking is like with student loans, you know, with federal student loans, you do have protections in place if you were to fall on hard times. If you continued making your payments Mm -hmm. um, with your side gig, you've already managed to pay off $20,000 in the last few years by having side gigs, which is really freaking impressive. It is. And you resisted the temptation to blow your settlement to do that, um, and I commend you for that. You have already proven that you can aggressively pay down these loans. You've got 78k left. If you keep at this pace and you're able to pay off 20k per year for the next four years, you could eliminate it on your own, mm-hmm. um, far ahead of what the standard, um, you know, the you know the standard repayment plan or you know expectation is for paying off your student loan debt. Um, and if you were able to stay as disciplined as you are aggressively paid on your debt. Um, I think there is a case to be made for investing some of your settlement money. Um, I just don't want to like, I just don't want, I I definitely wouldn't feel comfortable, like promising that you would earn like more than that 7% um, than you would if you, than you would um, be paying on your student loans. Like I'm, I just, I I just don't have a crystal ball. I can't, like really predict that much um but it's not a bad it's certainly not a bad problem to have i encourage you i mean you've got your money that you finally put at least in something you said a money market account mm-hmm. earning two percent okay that's better than nothing yeah i think it's a good idea for you to find a financial planner because they can yeah. help you doesn't you know one hundred and twenty nine thousand that dollars. If you speak with a financial planner, the first thing they're going to ask you—a good one anyway—is what are your goals? What, are yep. you, what do you want to do with this money? And they will help you put the money in different buckets, different different types of savings and investment accounts that make sense for the money. So not, they won't. Hopefully, they won't tell you to put all 129k all in the market. They might say. Okay, what do you need to live on for six months? We'll set that aside in a regular savings account, which, by the way, you can definitely earn 2% um, or close to it at a you know, high-yield savings account, and that's going to be your emergency fund. Okay, then we'll take the next chunk. Maybe we'll open up a five-year CD or mm-hmm. a three-year CD, and then we'll take another chunk, and we're going to invest that in an um, in a, in a IRA, you know, a, a retirement I just don't account. Want you to put, I just
1: don't want you to put all of your money toward one thing.
0: Right. Yeah. I agree. that's, yes,
1: that is, I think that's the over, like overall, I think that's what Mandy and I are both saying maybe in different ways, but like, I don't think whether it's just all investing or all debt or all savings, of course I'm dying. Come back. (laughs) I just don't want you to put your money in all in one thing, because when it comes to money, um, extremes rarely are, are the way to go. So balance and diversity is the way to go because Mandy's right. If you have that, that's, these are exactly the questions that Angelie, my financial advisor asked one, what are your goals? And based upon what are your goals or what your goals are, then she took a temperature of where do you currently stand? How much do you have set aside for, for an emergency? How much is in your retirement account? You know, how much do you have for insurance? All these kind of things. And then, then allocating, I'm in, I'm in a similar place. Well, I mean, I don't have um, debt, but I've got like a chunk of money kind of just sitting in a savings account. And so now we haven't even moved it. It's just, what are your goals? Where do you currently stand? And now let's kind of put these things into, into, into different buckets. I just don't want, yeah, I just, I know any financial advisor worth their salt is not going to tell you one, this lump sum should go here and this huge lump sum should go, or this huge lump sum should go here. They're going to say, and, 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 you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. but Honestly, like what's the um, what's the um, we, uh, listener's name? Myra. Myra is killing it. First of all, the fact that you still have like this money, basically, and that you paid down $20,000. I mean, you are ahead of the game, Myra. So I don't want you to think like, oh, man, I'm doing something wrong. Uh, you're you're more right than most people will ever get a chance to be. And so now I mean, and you're moving cautiously. And I, I totally get that. So yeah, I mean, I'm glad, <clears throat> I'm glad you reached out to us, but now it's time to sit down with someone who can intimately get to know your, your financial and personal life as it relates to your finances and help you make the best choices.
0: Exactly. Well, hopefully that was helpful. Um, and, you know, no one size fit all answer. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think you're in, you're in good shape. But thank you for your question. Thank you also for having my mother-in-law's name. For oh, a minute, I was oh, like, yeah. is she no?
1: Is that too? No,
0: no, no, no. She doesn't speak English. Um, all right, let's do one more question. I'm gonna pick up one from the gram. Did you see this Instagram hoax going around? People are like sharing this um, this like Instagram post today about how they have this new rule being released that says they can take advantage like they can use all your photos and publish them and your dms and stuff like that it's a hoax just fyi you guys
1: i didn't see that i've been doing like a lot less like well i don't know yeah a lot less social media i guess in lately in in general um i'm still like you know like on social media obviously but i'm not as heavily invested as i used to be well at least not heavily invested like in the same type of um, actually I do a lot more like house design. Cause I'm like, oh, I just can't stress. I'm like, Ooh, cats, dogs, house design, my friend's vacations. And that's about it.
0: <laughs> that's the healthy way to be. <laughs> it
1: is because sometimes I look at stuff and I'm like, Oh my gosh, why did I come on here?
0: Make it a safe space for you. Yes. All right. Let's take a listen. Uh, uh, wait Instagram Ooh, what's this person's name from the gram okay at Party of Three <laughs> that's a cute yeah. Instagram name alright so he or she I'm guessing it's a she asks hey ladies I hope you are well I'm transitioning right now from corporate America to becoming a stay at home mom I have a question regarding my retirement account what's the best thing to do with it should I cash it out should I keep it where it is I have no idea thank you so much Good question. I mean, I'm saying she has no idea. I have an idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't cash it out. No. (laughs) Leave it. Leave it. When you leave a job, um, you know, you're often able to just let your retirement savings stay there. Um, The company that maybe the company and some companies may kick you out or tell you you have to roll it over to another retirement account you know, that you open on your own, but either way, either leave it where it is if you can, or if you have to roll it, um, roll it over to a new account, go ahead and open up, you know, a brokerage account at like Vanguard or Charles Schwab or something and roll that puppy over and leave it. Um, you really don't want to take it out. One, if you're under 50, I'm going to guess you're, um, younger than 59 and a half years old. And if you are, if you withdraw that 401k money before that, before that 59 and a half year, mark you can get hit with early withdrawal penalties and you have to pay taxes on that money right away
1: yeah. so, I know. Who
0: yes so <laughs> don't do it and you know if you're becoming a stay-at-home mom you're giving up your income so yeah. you need you need that money to work for you and continue working for you um which it can only do if you leave it invested in the market so yeah. that's my two cents
1: honestly i i put my stamp of approval on that that's exactly leave it and um, do not withdraw. I mean, like, it's, it doesn't sound like you were thinking about withdrawing it because there was some sort of emergency, which, you know, even then I'm like, oh, I mean, it's one of my biggest, I mean, there's a regret for me, but then I'm like, well, maybe it helped to bring me where I am now. But I, I think at the time I, when uh, the recession hit, I had about $30,000 or maybe more in, in my retirement account and I withdrew it. Whew, so you get, that hit with, get hit with that 10% penalty plus taxes. So I lost
0: like 30, yes, 30, 30 30. K became like 20 K 18 K of money that I put in.
1: I might as well like, yeah, when money leaves like that, you think to yourself, if I was going to lose 10 K anyway, I could have gone on like a luxurious vacation. You know what I mean? Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to trick up money and lose it, but anyway, so, uh, and I, and I did it to save my house that I eventually lost. So it was like double, like, are you kidding me? So it, it doesn't always work out. I mean, I hear people sometimes I hear like, I feel like the, the new entrepreneurs, like the thing is that people will tell you like, take the money out of your 401k. I've heard people say, take the money out of your 401k and invest in your, your, your startup or your business. And I'm, it doesn't work out for some people. Absolutely. Does it work out for most people? Absolutely not. So, um, to me, unless it's like, we don't know what we're going to eat or we don't know where we're going to sleep. Then I tell people, leave your leave your 401k alone. It's it's your younger self's job to look after your older self. Like you have the capability to earn um, money now in a way that you're not able when you are elderly. So don't don't put the onus on your elderly self to have to work um, the way you can now. So do what you can now to avoid taking from your old self.
0: Agreed. And I think that if you want to go back, go to our, go back to episode 171. We interviewed Farnoush Tarabi and we talk about the transition and what it means to be a stay-at-home mom. And she has great tips for like stay-at-home or um, people who leave – moms who leave the workforce and then tra- are trying to transition back into it or trying to prepare their finances to be out of the workforce. So it's a good episode for you to check out. Yeah. 171. Thank you guys for your questions again. We're Brandon Ambition Podcast on Instagram or we are um Ambition Podcast at gmail.com. .com. I gotta say, I love those Instagram questions because people get tired after they type or they text a lot, you know? <laughs> yeah. So they they're they're shorter. <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny. But uh just just an observation. But uh anyway, you guys want to ask us questions, go for it.
1: So now it's time to boost a break with all our family.
0: Will you boost? Will you break? Which will it be, Mandy? I remember the song. It's, it's, I like that jingle. I hope I don't get sued (laughs) 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 by Disney, but um, it hasn't happened yet. No one (laughs) tells. I'm going to do a quick boost. I, uh, under, well, a, a while back, I put, I think like last summer, I was – we were moving into the house and I realized I have – and I hate this. I hate that feeling when you open the box and you're like all these basically brand new dresses, brand new clothes that I never wore. I thought I was going to lose that five pounds. I thought it was going to look better once I got home. I didn't try it on the store. Now I'm stuck with it. Like those clothes that are brand new that just end up in your – the bottom of a box. So I found them and I listed them on Poshmark And I just forgot about it. And in the past like month or so, I've sold like three dresses, a couple of old tops, like, and I made over $100 just from selling this old junk on. Well, not junk. It's nice stuff. Very nice stuff. Check out my store on (laughs) quality, quality, quality. Only the best. We got Target, we got Cole, <laughs> we got Lulus. Oh wait, oh, wait uh,
1: let me readjust <laughs> That's
0: hilarious. High quality stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm just selling stuff. And I went through my and I was like, oh, let me go and check out because I haven't checked it in so long. Um, but I went back to my my closet, as they say on Poshmark, and I was like, let me see what happens if I reduce the price by like ten dollars for all this stuff. And I guess anyone who's liked your um, like that item originally, they'll send them an alert like, oh, you know, Mandy's reduced the price of her whatever, by $10. And I've, that's how I sold like, you know, a couple of things this week, just by knocking the price down a little bit. So, um, not a bad way to make a little bit of extra money. Mm-hmm. I have to stop thinking about how much I lost because definitely I'm selling them for less than I paid for them, way less than I paid for them, but whatever, better to get them out of my house and in someone else's hands and a little bit of money in my pocket versus have them just collecting dust in a box.
1: No, I think that's great. My sister's just started doing Poshmark. I was wondering, because my sister, um, Tracy, who's also my stylist, was like, hey, let me help you clean out your closet. And I had, like, honestly, some, like, great things that... Because Tiffany is a tomboy, and the Bajanista dresses more professionally. But so I had some great stuff that I just don't wear anymore as a Bajanista, because maybe I've worn it on TV already, or um, maybe, like, I have a headshot in it, and you really just can't wear it over and over and over. What? Apparently, she was Poshmarking it. I was like... Oh, cute! Also, oh, you just been coming in here cleaning out my closet, huh? But she's like, I mean,
0: <laughs> and walking away with the proceeds. <laughs> no, no, she ended. She um, that's why you can't have a me, family.
1: Yeah, no, she 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 told me later, and she's and I was like, honestly, it's fine, keep it, because these are <laughs> things that I asked her to come to clean out my closet, and I was basically tossing. So she'd always be like, "So you want me to toss it? You want me to? I can keep it." I was like, "Yes, I can keep it, keep it." I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> so now, Fair now enough. I see why. Exactly, but um, no, but I think that that yeah, it's just a great way. Like all, all my sisters honestly do it. I'm the only one who doesn't. Um, I'm like one more thing to my plate. Don't want it. Um, so and yeah, you no. gotta
0: remember to ship it. They'll be emailing you. You better ship that. You better ship it. Yes. You better ship uh, it. They're gonna get they're gonna get their money back if you don't ship it. And I'm like okay. <laughs> the
1: postmark. We in the um, yeah the post office are not. Um,
0: I just can't. <laughs>
1: No, that's good. Ooh, maybe I'll check out your closet. What's your name on
0: Poshmark again? I don't know. Probably <laughs> some variation of Yo Mandy Yo, which <laughs> yeah. became my nickname in like the eighth grade and has just stuck with me for 20 years. So there's that. I too, Yo <laughs> <Mandy Yo. laughs> well, I am going
1: to. Hmm. I think I'm going to boost and a break. So, real quick break. Although I appreciate when people send me like, free stuff in the mail. Um, I typically tell people not to. Um, I mean, like big brands, that's one thing. But like sometimes smaller brands will send me, oh, oh Tiffany, I want to send you something. And I usually I'm like, honestly, I'm, I just don't have the energy for social media like I used to. So I know that the the intention is I'm going to send you this shirt and you're going to wear it and then you're going to Instagram it and this and that. And I just don't want to. Not because your shirt is not dope. I Sometimes like if it's dope, I'm probably just going to wear it. Um, so, and I, that's happened a couple of times where somehow someone has gotten my, and it's, what's so crazy is Mandy that I typically don't even, I don't even give out my address. So sometimes people will find my, my work address, my business address, and will send me something, which like I said, it's always really nice. Creepy. But I, no, but it is nice. Cause I get it. Like, you know, it's always with some really nice message. Typically they'll say something like I took your literature challenge or I'm inside the Academy and it helped me. So this is my gift to you. And I'm like, oh, OK, but then in it at the bottom, it says when you wear it, please tag me. at. I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> that's a little bit of a break that if you're going to send something, um, I would love for it to be set without the expectation that I am going to tag it up. Cause sometimes I do like in the moment I, I I will. And sometimes I'll just rock it because it's super cute. I just don't want to have to feel in, um, indebted to have to tag you because to be all the way real. I charge brands. I mean, not like smaller brands, but I charge like, you know, big brands, like uh, a few G's for me to tag them on on Instagram. And so sometimes when people send me something, I'm like, uh, as cute as your T-shirt is, it's not my, my going rate to tag you as like a quote unquote influencer, you know? So that's one. That's just a little, just a little break of if you're going to send something. You know, unless I request it, and typically, honestly, what I just do is like I'll pay for it. I will pay, you know, the fifty dollars for the shirt. You know, versus like you, you asking me, and, and then if I wear it, and I remember, I tag you, and that's an extra bonus versus like um, you asking me to to give you something that I charge, you know, people for for free, basically for the price of a t-shirt. It's like when people want to pick your brain for for um, a cup of coffee. I'm like, I've got coffee money, but okay. <laughs>
0: This whole, this whole break was like a mad flex. <laughs>
1: no, it was I really wasn't trying like was, Because, you know, I just went to the office yesterday and I was like, Send wow. it to me
0: instead. Send it to me. No, I
1: telling so, you. Yeah, because it feels so, and then you feel guilty because this is what happens. The reason why I said it is because someone hit me yesterday was like, did you get your package? Did you get your package? When are you going to wear it? I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, that's
0: just like not being self-aware. Y'all yeah. Need, y'all so need I to like, chill okay, out. Okay. Thanks,
1: sis. I'm going to. Or I remember one person actually like it, like Instagram yelled at me. She had sent me something, I tagged it. She's like, you didn't tag everything. Like, did you use this part? And I was like, okay. And then it was like, almost every month, it was like, what about the other thing I sent you? I'm like, wow. Okay, I'm going to mail these things back to you. So just being mindful when you're sending um, yeah, stuff to people, because it can be a lot. So yeah, this, there's a sense of entitlement that sometimes I don't think people realize that they're displaying. That can be a little bit stressful and that makes you just say, I'll, I'll just buy the things I want. I don't need you to send me anything. Thank you. But a boost, um, I actually want to boost Pottery Barn. I know it seems random, but- <laughs> You I, are, I, <laughs> new
0: homeowner I, alert. <laughs> I know,
1: because I purchased this, um, this leather like uh, chair with an ottoman, that looks like a baby ottoman. I mean, when I tell you this thing is so little, I was like, what in the, in the picture? It didn't look that little. Um, but so uh, anybody knows when you purchase things and having to return, imagine having to return a whole like leather chair. And I was thinking to myself, oh, how am I gonna do this? So I called Pottery Barn just to get that return slip. And they were like, no, that not only do you like put it back in the box, leave it on the, on the front porch and we'll pick it up. What? When they start doing that, I was so impressed. Because I thought, wow. So I ended up ordering the chair that I really want. Like I went to Pottery Barn in person today to see like what what chair that I really wanted. And so I ended up ordering that. But just I I had never, I mean, as much furniture as I bought, I'd never had a company offer to come pick it up for me. I just, yeah, I just thought that that level of customer service was just amazing. And so because they already, Pottery Barn, the way they do it is they, they will bring it to any floor in the house. So I've had them bring things to the third floor, which I'm like, sorry, here's some water and a tip. And they will set it up for you, like open up the box, put the feed on, whatever, set it up and all of that for you. Honestly, they, their their level of customer service is impressive and the fact that they're going to pick it up for me. So I just wanted to do a little boost on, um, on that, that level of customer service of like, wow, I would definitely order from them again because they made it so easy to
0: receive and they make it really easy to get back. Love it. Yeah, and especially if they don't charge a restocking fee, those can kill you.
1: Yeah. I yeah. believe me. I actually had like I ordered something that I just have in my house now. It was like a sink. And like because the restocking fee was like more than the price of like the sink was. And I was like, I guess I'll just be keeping this random sink. Because <laughs> all right, y'all. <laughs> it's been awesome as per usual. We're so glad that Mandy is biz at and we will see you next
0: week. See you next week.